You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, The Sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Introducing our Pigeon Radio Australia presenter and executive producer of the show, Ivan Fonti. And a very good morning to everybody there listening to Pigeon Radio Australia here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. Have we got a show in store for you today? Unbelievable. We've got some long-distance racing tips. This man is Absolutely unbelievable. His name's Dennis Woods from Tamworth in New South Wales, and he is a long-distance racing pigeon expert. And I'll tell you what, he hasn't uh, missed anything. We've got a fantastic interview with him. And we've also got Taz Gazas from Pigeon Racing Victoria telling us the progress of the $100,000 race. We've got uh, a gentleman that's in Australia visiting us. He writes for the British Homing World. His name's Paul Gunning. He also wrote a book called Grandad Pigeon. And we've got him coming on to tell us about the race season in the United Kingdom. And we've got lots more happening here on Pigeon Radio Australia. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for the next two hours of this fantastic racing pigeon show. I have to introduce a very important person, and he's not the type of falcon that eats your birds. No, he's a falcon, and he's from Malta, and I'm talking about the Maltese falcon. Come closer. I want to talk to you. I'm going to tell you an astounding story, the story of the Maltese falcon. 600 years, the falcon has carried the mystery of a fabulous wealth under its grotesque wings. For the Maltese Falcon. Introducing, once again, to Pigeon Radio Australia, our regular and the original Maltese Falcon, Tony Barbara. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. How are you, Mr. Maltese Falcon? I'm good, Ivan. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, all the listeners. And good morning to everybody around the world. Yes, indeed. Good morning to everybody around the world. And we have to introduce this character here. He was doing an auction and he doesn't know how to pronounce Launceston. He was pronouncing Launceston. Here he goes.
he's back folks, let's give him a warm welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia. Introducing the one and only Pigeon Racing Italian Stallion, Joe Angelino. Good morning, Mr. Joe Angelino. Good morning, Ivan. Good morning, Tony. And good morning to our amazing pigeon flyers in Launceston. No! No? <laughs> what is it? Launceston. Launceston. <laughs> Hello to our friends in La- pigeon flyers in Launceston. <laughs> Thank you for donating them beautiful birds yes, for yeah. our VPO Breeders Plate. Launceston. They- were amazing. The quality of birds you guys have got is amazing. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you to everybody that donated birds to their auction. Yeah. Uh, for all the new, all the interstate flyers. Anyway, thank you very much, guys. Yep. We'll hear more about that from the secretary yes. of the Victorian Pigeon yes, Organisation later on. We sure will. Yes. All right. Well, we better get into this show yeah, because it's jam packed. All right. Jam so the let's baby. get into it after this break. Oh yeah. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Stock produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulan Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340. 551 Southern FM sponsor Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons in a health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035 9981000 dot au. Southern FM sponsor. Pigeon Racing Victoria presents the Victoria Cup 2023. With a guaranteed first prize of $100,000, Australia's biggest race is on again, this time from Cobar, New South Wales. Sign up now for the Victoria Cup. It's on Sunday the 24th of September 2023. Rings are $100 each with one free ring for every 10 purchased. For details, visit pigeonracingvictoria.com. Southern FM sponsor. Tis the season to be asking, can I help you out in any way? I'm here for you if you need me. Just checking in. Are you okay? Get free conversation tips for the holidays at ruok.org.au. 
Now you can listen to Southern FM on the go with Community Radio Plus, the home of Community Radio. The brand new app means you can listen in wherever you are. You'll also discover Community Radio's best podcasts and independent news. As well as listening via 88.3 FM, you can now support your community radio station by downloading Community Radio Plus. Get it from Google Play or the App Store today. While you're there, don't forget to leave five stars. This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2pm. Travel the world, musically speaking. From the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto. From the Colosseum to the Pyramids. From the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ. You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia, the only devoted Pigeon Radio show in the world. Hosted and presented by Ivan Fonti. And here on Pigeon Radio Australia, right now, I have the pleasure of introducing our uh, special guest, which is Dennis Woods from Tamworth in New South Wales, who is a champion long-distance racing pigeon breeder and flyer. And uh, we've got his, uh, we've got an online auction, and Dennis was good enough to um, to uh, donate some birds for our online auction. And they're going gangbusters on the online auction, Dennis. They're going absolutely fantastic right now. They should go all right anyway. We're no, they're going them. good, mate, and it's not over yet, you know. The, the sale's on till Wednesday, so there's a lot of time left, and I think they're going to go for a lot more money than that, yeah. Yeah, now, you usually got a second sale, one with, uh, that uh, they go, get raced in too, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah, yeah that's plate. a breeder's plate. Yeah, so when's that sale on that one? On the 6th of the 1st. I, I was just looking up there. I reckon I could get you that 10 plus another 10 down if oh, you want to put them mate, in. If you want to put 30, that'll be magic. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm no, the... 20, there'll be uh, 10, the 10 would have promised. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. And, an, and another 10 there. Oh, uh, you're uh, that'll be amazing. If you like. No, that'll be amazing. So I've got to get them down on a, on a horse plate. Like, uh, they, they, they charge, yeah, yeah, they charge to get them down there, of course. So, you know, you, you know um, I think they're about $250 to get them down to Melbourne, I think. Yeah. Uh, they've been in the truck for a couple of days. The only way I can get them down, like, if you fly them down, it costs too much money, you know what I mean? Yeah, from up here, anyway. Yeah, yeah I... I you know, if I give you the, 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 the name of these people, yeah. but you can just look after that. See, what they do, they take they take horses and whatever from Queensland right over to Tasmania. Oh, right. To Tasmania with them, and I've sent birds to Melbourne with them recently. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, a good, they're a good service, yeah. I know yeah, the one yeah, you're talking so about. Uh, uh, Tasmanian horses. But, yeah, if you're going to donate birds for the breeder's plate, the, the Victorian Pigeon Organisation is happy to pay for the freight. Yeah, that's right, yeah. They'll pay for the transport, not a problem. Yeah, mate, well, I've got, I've got ten rings here sitting in front of me uh, from 5A down to 571 or 571 up to 580. So if you write that down, they can go in to be raced in that... Um, in the British to bid on them to go into, um, but make sure you put say fifty bucks to kick them off, go and uh, yeah, make them earn them a bit. You're talking I'm, to the auctioneer, I'm actually. the auctioneer and yeah, all. Yeah, uh, well, don't worry about that. Them birds I sent to Sydney, Dave Gordon said, well, they're not going to go for nothing. These birds, he said. Nope. Uh, no. 
said he said, I want to put this there. Their birds were going for 20 and $30 down there and at the sales there. And he said uh, so he kicked them up to 30 to kick them off. But you, yeah. you might be able to kick them up to 50, these ones. And yeah, no, don't go. worry, Dennis. I don't think they'll go for under 100 bucks each anyway. Yeah, yeah. If you kick them off each bird from, say, 50 and then yeah. uh, let them go from there, mate. Um, they're, they're, they're starting to come out now. Oh, nice. They're starting to come out now, so they're not too late. No, Uh, they'll be just nice. Yeah, they'll be right, mate, to be picked up in uh, January. So. Correct. Yeah, that'll be fantastic, mate. That would be mate. awesome. Now, listen, we've got you on, on the line now, and I just wanted to ask you, because uh, the when we do this radio program, the birds will still have a few hours left on the online auction. Do you yeah, want mate. to give us a little bit of a rundown on, on what you what, what exactly these birds have achieved? Well, they mate, uh, they beat the best in Australia. That's all I can say with everything, like uh, everywhere... You know, everywhere they've been. So um, each of these these birds here, well, that David Gordon won the eastern uh, coast, the east coast, um, like it's like your Victorian Open, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's something like that. But there's more flyers probably in it, like uh, it, it ranges from Sydney, Newcastle, south coast, central coast, right up to Taree, you know? They had 72 flyers, 427 birds, only bird in race time, so there you go. Now that's awesome. That's the and and ha, how many years have you been racing for? Oh mate, I've been racing for sixty odd years. Well, put it this way, I've got you know as I said, I've got seventy six long distance winners over five hundred mile that I know of. Wow, that, that's everywhere. There's over thirty in Sydney alone. That's and, good. And uh, you know, I I got quite a few up here myself, and um, and uh, I've, I've had a winner everywhere. You know, like Tasmania. Yeah, you know, Western Australia, you, you name it, Queensland, Brisbane, uh, long-distance winners all over every state. I've had probably twice as many of, of them races, like them wins there in three and four hundred mile races. How good's that? So, it's so you know, nearly every that, one of the birds would have uh, won them long ones that normally, normally knocked the four hundred or the three hundred off as well. You know, uh, a lot of Derby winners, a lot of national winners, a lot of this, a lot of that combine winners. I had the combine winner in Sydney uh, for all. The all the different feds down there from Gympie and um, little old Bob McLaughlin. Uh, years ago, he got he, he ended up picking up two Renmark winners with me birds. A couple of years running, I think it was, and uh, plus he won that uh, uh, combine from from up uh, Gympie. How good's that? Uh, so uh, yeah, he, uh, he wanted to offer me the bird back. Actually, he said. Uh, I sent him twelve white breeds, all bred in January. Okay. <laughs> yep, yeah, and uh, he won the he won the point score of his club, all the interclubs, nearly everything uh, with that twelve birds. He cleaned up. He re- he written me a nice letter. I got that letter at home here. That oh, they nice. thank me very much for so good a bird. You know. I mean, you don't understand. You know, you, what am I saying? You do understand, but the the, the the fun and enjoyment you get when you have a good season is just, you know, second to none. You know what I mean? It's just an amazing feeling, and and it just keeps you going for the next year. It keeps you going, doesn't it? Well, it does. I, uh, I had a good year. One year, I had a good year every year, actually. Yeah. On the on the long ones, especially, but I won nearly all the short point scores as well. You know. Uh, you just got to have your birds uh, to win the short races. I, I, I normally get in them a couple of months before the races and yeah. I have them that fit that they pull away on them short races and win the races. So your birds are a good all-round pigeon. 
Oh, yeah, it, it all comes down to uh, how, you know, like how you work them. Uh, if, if, if you're lazy, you won't win nothing, yeah? Exactly. Well, that is the key. You, 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 only, you only get out what you put in, correct? That's it, that's it. And if you've got super fit pigeons and they're healthy, yes. uh, you're in the show all the way through. So you're saying fit pigeons, like how many times a week would you train your birds? And Well, I, I give them a lot of, I, I, I train them every second day or sometimes every day on the short ones just to get them the first uh, 20 up to 20 k's, you know, like yep. the, you know, I'll, I'll start them off very short, and um, I'll work them with a few two-year-olds or something. That the young ones to get them to come straight through. Yes, but they'll get a lot of work. Uh, you know, uh, every second day at least. You won't go further than 20, 30 k's? Yeah, yeah, for starters, till yeah. they get very well educated and they don't circle at the race point. They just head straight home. And then I start moving them out yeah. to give them a couple of 30, couple of 40s, and then probably give them half a dozen from 50 and then whop half a dozen in from 100k and then off they go. Beautiful. And then you're ready. So what about yeah, feeding? to go and you, you can do this with your long distance stuff as well. I just train the whole lot, you know, as a team and yep. um, I've got the hens and cocks in together all the time. Okay, so they're not even separated? Yeah, I don't separate them, but it's no, no point. Actually, actually they're, they're happier. It's a happy cage when they're made it up. You see? Because um, they, get a, you know, they get a little spot in the cage, wherever, and um, when them long ones come up, they don't mate up till later anyway, they're halfway through the season sort of thing, and then they start mating up, you know, uh, as they get fitter and you're up around the three, four hundred mile mark, and then I just separate them and I might get a few eggs, I'll, I'll, let them, I'll fly them off the eggs, and um, that way they've got more determination to get home, you know, and... Uh, yeah. Uh, you just got to watch what you're doing a bit. Don't don't send the hen until she's had say two weeks off after laying them. And but you might have to put her in a crate and take her in, you know, for a, you know, give her fifteen twenty k's every second day or something to keep her fit. You know. Yes, gotcha. Or even gotcha. the cockbird if he's sitting on sitting a bit on the eggs, like just train them individually. You know, one one day and one the next, and uh, to get them ready for them long ones, and they won't let you down. Because uh, they got something to fly home to. Yeah? 150% right. What do you say to these people, Dennis, who, um, I mean, look, everyone's got their own thing. Yeah, everyone's got their own you've got to separate training. And, you know, like, yeah, what is why waste of time separating the birds. It's a waste of time. A happy cage is a winning cage. If they're happy That's in the nice cage, um, and, yeah, bath them regularly. Just keep them happy. You know, I, I bath them every day. I got yeah. bathed out on the lawn in front of my cages. Yeah. I let them out, I open loft them, I, I put them out and I, I give them a little food before I let them out, after that before I let them out, actually. Yep, just a handful. I give them a small food, they don't eat much in the morning first up and and uh, they have a bit of a quick pick and a drink and you know, I let them sit for 15, 20, half an hour, put them out and uh, because they got a bit of food in them, they're content, they'll fly longer, you get longer time in the air. Uh, you, you know, uh, if you've got them hungry all the time, they, they're looking to, for you to come out to feed them. They'll go around, around your loft. That's correct. You know That's what I mean? correct. They don't fly, so you better off giving them a bit of food, uh, kick them out content, they'll range all over the Easy. place, you know, they'll go away. You might see them for an hour, you know what I mean? Or a couple of hours sometimes when they're getting real fit. And... Um, but you get a very fit pigeon who's going to fly like that for you. You keep pumping the food in. I open, like I open a lock, but I um, hop a feed. Hop a feed. As soon as birds come back, uh, after they're done two or three hours, they have a bath. When they come back, they'll have a bath, lay around the lawn. The hawks will keep them up and down a few times. They'll yep. run them up and they'll do a bit more work. And 
they might fly for another hour when the Perrigans are getting into them. But the thing is, uh, they learned it. They learn to negotiate the perigans. They don't get scared of them. They go looking for them to have a game with them when they get fit. They adapt to the... Yeah, and, and on race day, the blokes who are scared of perigans and they, and they lock them up because there's a perigan around, Yeah, their birds will be the first ones to go down on them with yep. a perigan on his back. We're, we're the birds who are used to the perigans, I chuck mine out with them all the time, let them get used to them. They take a few... So what? You'll lose a few birds. Um, don't cull your birds. So uh, if you've got a little bit of rubbish which you reckon you got there, leave them there and they'll take them first on you. They'll, they'll leave you good birds alone. Exactly, exactly. You're 100% right. Let the basket do the talking. And, yeah, and let, let the, the falcons do the talking. Yeah. Get, a, get them used to the perigans. Uh, yes. My birds yes. don't get attacked every day. They know they only get attacked half of them. might only get out the lot before the other half get yeah, they won't. Next, you're trying to hunt them out. Next thing they stop, and then you look up. Here's the perigans after the first few would come out. So I let I let them herd them away a little bit. Then I hunt the rest out. I said, get out to your buggers. You got to learn to you know operate for these fellas. So I hunt them all out, and uh, up they go. And uh, they end up, you know, they they get together, and well, there might be two or three little bunches there, and the perigans are work, and they get used to them, and. Um, they hardly get a bird off you after a while, but they get used to them. They get that fit, but uh, they just get above them and um, they outfly them. And they shoot for home. Oof. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and if you've got that bit of food, that little bit of food, it's only a light food before you let them out. Yeah. In them. Uh, that's what they, I've had them fly up to half a day. Yeah, just on ordinary flying. Yeah, they fly two. My birds don't fly two to three hours when they're fit. Yeah, there's something wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah, jeez. And uh, and when you've got birds flying that long daily at race pace because they've got perigans chasing them, yeah. so that's race pace, you go and put them in a race somewhere, they're, they're super fit, and uh, that's why you win the short ones with them. That's, not, that's unreal. Uh, and later on, they're that fit, they know how to operate the perigans, and uh, we're, we're blokes who... Haven't sort of let their birds go with the perigans a bit. They, they'll take their birds first because they're shit scared of them. You know how you used to do that, Peter Maddock in yeah. Sydney. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he flies. Does Same he fly system. There? He lives out all day, all day. Yeah, okay. You so, got You got to fly natural. Yeah. And, exactly. and I have my bath dishes out. I put Condi's crystals in them. Yeah. And you don't lice the pigeons out because the condies kill all the lice and any, mm. they have a swig of that as soon as they come down and give them a clean out as well. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's good for them too. And that, that, that's the only medication they see up here. Oh, really? You don't medicate them? Don't, med- don't give no, them nothing. They get smart. nothing. Smart. There you go. There you go. So what about your feeding? How, how would you feeding like? How, I mean, from short, short this, yeah, I know you hopper feed. Well, well you I hopper feed the same right through. I don't change it. But what I do when we get up, I feed bread every day as yeah. well. That's that's in the mix. Bread. When, when bread. they go in the cage after they come down after they've done their two or three hours work, um, I'll, I'll give them a feed of bread. What bread? Like um... just slice, white slice. I just went and bought two not, two loaves today. Cost me three dollars up in each. I I spend a few dollars on me bread. I don't buy the cheap <laughs> stuff. They won't eat it. You know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you yeah, go. They want something they can pull apart. You don't want that gluey bread, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> I get white fresh slice, and um, I give them uh, I give them half a dozen pieces a day in me in me race cage, and give them a few pieces up in the stock cage, and 
And while I'm rearing the babies, I yeah. give them uh, bread twice a day to rear the babies with the grain. Yeah, okay. And they stuff it down their necks and they're the most healthiest looking squeakers you ever seen. You know what? Believe it or not, when I was younger, I used to give the birds bread. But when I started racing, I never gave it to them once because I never heard anybody giving them bread, the racing pigeons. I'll tell you what, a lot of the top flyers who got my birds are winning all these long races, they're on bread. Yep, yep. No worries. They don't tell, you know, they don't tell everything, but they're all on bread. Yeah, hey, well, I'm going to start feeding mine bread too. <laughs> you know what I'm going to get? Tip top. What happens when the birds are doing, say, you know, four or five hours, up to eight hours or ten hours, yeah, whatever, the they fly half their body weight off. Yeah. You know, and, uh, that is unreal. So like, uh, especially these birds, because they're not big birds, and they've got these Harrisons and McLean's, they're not that big a bird. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, like, they can fly themselves down to skin and bone nearly, and uh, so what you got to do, you got to, Feed them up every day, heavy. Yeah. And uh, I found even with a few bigger pigeons, I had years ago, I got rid of all them because the hawks knock them off easy. The, um, the, the, they can't get away from the hawks. You, the, the poor buggers, they just don't have a chance for the peregrines in bigger pigeons. And uh, the, 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 the little pigeons just uh, swerve real fast. And you'll see the big pigeon, he'll cut out because he can't keep, he can't turn as quick as yeah. the smaller birds. Can't manoeuvre like the little ones can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they knock them out, and uh, they, uh, you know, um, red pigeons don't do any good up here either in the bush because they take them out. They think they're they're a galah, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got a few. We got a few galahs down here, Dennis. And that, but <laughs> if, if, if they never got touched, you'd, you'd get them home from five, six hundred mile, no trouble at all. Very good pigeons. I clocked a lot of them, you know. And uh, uh, you know, but the thing is, if you had one or two in your bunch. The peregrine, he'd go, he'd go straight at them, and they knew it, you know. And uh, he'd, he'd just take that red pigeon all the time on you. Oh right. Yep, yep. They, they, they get so they're feeding on the glass, and they all that all, all the time in the bush, and uh, yeah. anything that's oh, got a bit gotcha. of a red mark and on them, gotcha. they go. Killing the native birds, yeah. Buggers, buggers. So, so, yeah, so they got rid of me red because they, of what happened to me. Yeah. And, um, like, uh, it was hard enough for them to get them home from the races without the peregrines knocking them around your lot. How many do you breed to race a year? Uh, I'd team about 100, you know, 80, 100. And you um, see the season out? But, but you'd end up with three parts of them left or half of them left after a season, nearly. I'll be buggered. You see, because they just keep pushing through. Good birds, mate, just keep pushing through. I was getting nearly 100% on that. It's five, six, seven hundred 700 mile races. You get 19 out of 20, then you wonder where the other bird got to. (laughs) One pigeon. Jesus. Yeah, I had one bird there that uh, one year I lost it from St. George. And, and, uh, well, that's only a couple hundred mile up the road, but I I sort of bet uh, 250 or something. And I said, wonder where that bird got to. And I think Sydney was flying up. Um, sort of level with us from Grafton or somewhere over yeah, there. And yeah. Anyway, that bird went too far over the ranges and uh, he got hooked in with them Sydney birds that end up down the, the most southern point in Victoria after two days. Oh, Gippsland. Yeah, Gippsland. Yeah, I had a phone call from a bloke there right on the point of Victoria, right down the, the, the most easterly point. Yeah. A Victoria got that bird in after two days. It flew all that way. Wow. It just kept going down with the Sydney birds, then the set, what the um, South Coast pigeons and all that. They just kept going down through there with pigeons and end up in Victoria. Unreal. Unreal. 
Yeah, so uh, he said, hey, I might want to get it back. I said, you might as well just keep it there. Oh, yeah. what a good but, picture. Um, yeah, so they, they do. Uh, if we were to flew, I don't know how far from St George to the southern point of Victoria or is, but it'd be a long way. Oh, it's a long way, all right. Very mm. long way. But, um, yeah, no, they, 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 uh, you know, they've been all different distances and they, we used to have about five races over 500 mile here. Then we'd have a lead up, you know, three or four hundred mile races, and I used to knock the, you know, nearly as soon as we hit the four or five hundred, so one from there up, I used to knock the half a dozen off at the end, yeah. Yes. You know, you, if I didn't win one, I'd get second, yeah. That's uh, awesome. So, so, so what, what do you what do you yeah. say, Dennis, to these people that are purchasing your pigeons now? You're going to give some for the breeders' plate, and you've got these ones online. How would yeah, you advise yeah. if if these if this person that buys these birds rings you up? How would you advise them to race, and what would you tell them? Well, mate, I'd, I'd, I'd advise them, you know, to um, just listen what I just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like listen to the radio. You don't sort of um, change anything. That's the thing. Like we just have them special ring races. You know, you 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 go to an auction or something and. Uh, and you buy your birds there or whatever, or take your own birds in and um, try to get them back. My birds used to go for $100 every every auction, so I used to only take three or four in, and then I'd buy half a dozen of someone else's. Oh, OK, and, yeah. But I used to win them with my birds anyway, you know, like uh, but there's a couple of times there, um, you know, I'd pay up $100. They'd kick me up to nearly $200 a bird, but everyone else was getting these back for 20 or $30. <laughs> That is unreal. And then uh, I, I went in there. I, I was telling I was telling some boys from Newcastle not long ago, and, and David Gordon, a few. Look, when you go to them auctions, say if you got two or three hundred birds to pick from, right? Yeah. Uh, the eye, the eye is the soul of the pigeon. If, if uh, there's a certain eye you look for, I'm an eye man. Yes. There's a certain eye you look for, and if you find that eye, it's it. Uh, you have a look at all the good pigeons where you get a photo of someone's good pigeon. And that nearly all of them have got this eye I'm talking about. Uh, they have a good eye sign, good colour. And then you'll see the eye sign around the pupil. It, it, it'll de- dilute into the colour. Okay. Like sun rays. Yes. Yeah, you know, like it might be, a, say, a yellow sign in a red eye and you know, the yellow sign around the eye, and then you'll see it dilute into the, like, like sun rays heading off all different directions into that colouring, you know what I mean? Yes. You might get a yes. pearl, a grey pearl, and you'll see the black going into the... And I, 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 I used to just walk around with a little, little bit of paper and a pen, and I'd go to every pen and just look, without even touching, don't have to touch the bird, just look at the bird straight in the eye, yep. and if it's got an eye like that, mark it's number down for that pen. And if, it, if the other bird's got no ordinary eyes, just keep walking past them. Okay. Yeah, it takes a quick second just to look in that bird's eye, and you say, geez, that bird's got a beautiful eye, I've got to get that one mark. And then you might walk up another 20 or 30 birds, and they've all got ordinary eyes. Ordinary eye pigeons don't win races. Okay. So when you're pairing up, you pair up, you go by eye sign. Well, I put two different colour eyes together. Yes. Don't don't put the same eye together. Yeah, it's an like identical it. eye. You, yeah. Like you can with a pearl. You, with a pearl, you might have a pink pearl, grey pearl. You put them together if you want. Yeah. Uh, or a white pearl oh. with a grey pearl. Yeah. Long, long as they're different pearl, you know. And then uh, then your red eye with a you know with a pearl or a, 
or yellow sign, like um, um, an orange eye or whatever. As long as they're different. There's a lot of fish eyes out there. And that's what you've got to watch for. Um, don't never buy a pigeon that's got a fish eye or a big, real big pupil. Yeah, okay. They're blind. Uh-huh. Did you hear that? They're over? blind, mate. They're blind, blind as a bat. They're like a person who's got to eat glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got someone glasses. who's got weak eyes, <laughs> you got a bigger pupil than normal. Uh, exactly the same with a pigeon. Like, the, you get a nice, tight little pupil. Yeah. The tighter the better, the stronger the eye. The three boys here at Pigeon Radio, we both, we all, all three of us are blind. We all wear glasses. <laughs> yeah, well, you should have big pupils, a lot of you. <laughs> you know what, let me tell you something, Dennis, just a quick one, and I'll tell you something. But, but it is true. Uh, yeah, you're the tighter right. the pupil, if, if, if you look at a bird looking at it in the cage and it's got the sun in its eye, it, it shrinks down to a pinhead. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But these big pupils I'm talking about, they, they nearly take all the eye sign. You can't see the eye sign because the pupils, you know, taking all of the room where it should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're okay. blind as a bat. And, yeah, uh, that's interesting. And what you call a fish eye yep. is a bird with uh, the eye, the, the eye colour is washed out. It, there's no colour much at all. Yeah, okay. Of, 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 you know, of grey or, or red or yellow or whatever, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's washed out and they're, they're, they're all blind. So avoid them when you're buying them. And, yeah. um, and uh, oh, if they've got a real good, good sign advice. with that star, that, that breakage in that sign I'm talking about, they're the pigeons that normally win all the races for you. Okay, yeah, well, we're going to keep an eye on that. I've actually got a good eye for a bird myself, uh, Dennis. Um, so what I did, I, I we got engaged. Her name's Kay, so she's got a... <laughs> so I married her, so I'm going to marry her. Yeah, my yeah, yeah, well, mate, well, I lost my wife just over 12 months ago with oh, a year on to see, oh. so... Oh, yeah. sorry. We were married for over 50 odd years and uh, she, she loved the pigeons and she used to clock in. She won a lot of races for me on the long ones because I was involved with her boxing. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I was a boxing trainer for 25 years and every time I'd take the boxing trip away, I'd send the birds away on the Thursday or Fridays or long race and I'd ring her up on the weekend after she clocked. Oh, know? amazing. Yeah, she used to win nearly all the long races for oh, me. She'd that's sit awesome. there and... Uh, Go in and clock him in and what tell an me amazing in his game and whatever. And on a on a lot of the races there from various distances actually. And yeah, so she was a lifetime uh, flyer with me. And I had her name down as um, we flew her as AF Woods. You know, yeah. her name was Annette. Yes. And um, that's how we flew for all our life. So you know, since we got married there, yeah, that's I was amazing. probably. Um, we got married very young. She was only just turned 17 when I married her, just one month into 17, and I was 19. Oh, beautiful. And, uh, beautiful. and uh, we, I had pigeons then, racing pigeons when I was a, was a 10-year-old in the, in the junior club. We had a junior club in town up there. It had 30-odd flies. Yeah. 30-odd flies, and the seniors had 30-odd flies, and we had them old tin Lizzie clocks. Okay. The old tin Lizzie clock, you drop your rubber in and it started the clock. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah, the old, old clocks, yep. Yeah, the old, yeah, you put the rubber in and uh, hit the hit the lever on it and it start, actually started the clock. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll uh, 
they weren't going until you actually uh, put the rubber in and hit it, you know? Yeah. You know, getting back to your wife, I mean, you know, it just brings back good memories because, you know, our wives are involved with the birds as well. My missus loves, she's got her own team and it's just good fun, you know. You sit there, you know, like I could just imagine the fun you guys would have had with the birds, you know, you and your wife's. You know, yeah, so well, well, actually, amazing, um, amazing. Well, even when she was sick, she was very sick. I had her outside in the wheelchair, and we had a race on from. Um, it was one of it was our last race. Well, I think we we we, uh, we might have been St George. Uh, no, one St George. It was up. We just we got stopped with the COVID in Queensland. We couldn't go over the border anyway. And uh, anyway, I, I sent this uh, two-year-old hen up up for a fly and. Uh, I ended up clocking that hen five times, that hen. She was a very good hen. And yeah. uh, she won St George by an hour of the same hen. And uh, um, I, uh, That's awesome. I put her up, and uh, even though it was in a shorter race, uh, from it was only, you know, 250 miles or something. Might have been Mungandai or somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, I was sitting there, and I was talking to the wife, and that, and, and the carer used to come out and give us a hen. And, and um, anyway, uh, she said, aren't you going to clock that bird in? Oh, no. I, yeah, I said, what bird? Oh, no. Yeah, and she said, there's a bird been sitting on your trap there for about five minutes, she oh, said. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, I went and clocked it in. I won by half an hour with that pigeon. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> she done it again, that hen. She was very good at uh, leaving the bunch and taking straight off her home, yeah? That is the best. That is the best. Yeah, Jeez. actually, I got a, a squeaker out of a young cockbird that broke the... the there's been a fair few people uh, like that pigeon, and I've got a bloke coming up to pick it up when I'm finished breeding with it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, out of her. It looks like her, actually. She's oh. identical to her. Okay. There, and uh, like her, that's her son, you know? Yes, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, so they've, they've um, yeah, no, they've, they've, you know, well, it was the last race. She, uh, she seen, uh, and she actually told me the bird was there to clock it in. I oh, didn't see it. They've come in from behind me, and I didn't see it lean, yeah? That is unreal. So you, you, yeah. would have, you would have some so great she, memories, she was Dennis. watching still, even though she's sick. Yeah, and, see? Uh, and I, I was sort of talking to her, and I wasn't taking too much notice, oh, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, but uh, anyway. Uh, anyway, look, condolences. I know, you know, it was 12 months ago. Yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she, uh, she, um, yeah. she liked... Um, uh, you know, like uh, everything to do with the pigeons and the presentation nights and all that we had. We had some good times with the pigeons. and uh, Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, yeah like there was one year, we had a very good year. We got, there was 20-odd races. We won 17 of them. Wow. There you go. And got three seconds. There you go. That's very good result. Very good result, isn't it, Tony? Yeah, yeah I think we went to Longreach that year, and uh, it was 720. I knocked it off by an hour, I think it was, and, or an hour and a half, and... And uh, but I had uh, I think I had twelve pigeons home in winning time. That's awesome. Just yeah, out, out of me twenty, you like you a lot of twenty yeah, birds. Yeah, yeah. Twenty bird limit in the club. Okay, yes. And then we then we had uh, Longreach and we had uh, Blackall. Yeah, it was a six hundred mile race, and uh, and I knocked it off uh, pretty easily too. Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, the the double header. We used to have double headers all the time. We they'd let the long one go first drive back and let the second one go, and then yeah, uh, they had done it right through every season. Uh, we had uh, double races every weekend. Okay, about, okay. About fifty k's apart, and but tailor the long one, let it go early, drive back, let them settle for fifteen minutes, chuck the other ones out, and 
then if you had a special race, a two-bird or a five-bird, they'd let them up half hour after them again. Yes, okay. So you'd have three releases on the one day. And how many birds, one that had their three releases, how many How many birds would go up in those three releases? Oh, well, we... we Separate we, release. Uh, one birders, we had one birders, we had, yeah, there might have only been six or seven flies in the club, yeah? Oh, there you, you see, you see yeah, that? Yeah, we're not worried about numbers here. That's what I'm saying, that's what I was getting at, because... No, people... don't worry about numbers, we, we, we had a lot of them five birders, and that's you get nearly 100% from 400 miles. You know what I mean? I tossed, I tossed up the 400 mile with surplus. But you need cover, Dennis. You need cover. That's you don't what need that... cover, mate. I, I took four pigeons in to go to to, to go to um, uh, Charlesville, I think it was, 400 yeah. odd mile. And yeah. uh, I said, I've got four spares here. Can I just put them in without a rubber on them? Yeah. They said, no, they're not allowed to go. You've got If you want them to go, they've got to go on the toss, toss basket. And we'll put them up half hour later. I said, look, they don't need any help of your birds. Throw them in there. <laughs> and yeah. I, I put them in there, mate. I, I won that race that weekend and uh, got them just before dark, and they dropped in in the dark. Three out of the four, and the other one was there early in the morning. There you go. Mate, this is why This is why your birds, as soon as we put them on site, on the site, the, um, they went for... Bang, big dollars, Ivan. That's why, you know, like, it's... For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Taramid. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Taramid stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Toulon Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340 551. Southern FM sponsor. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons in a health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor Pigeon Racing Victoria presents the Victoria Cup 2023. With a guaranteed first prize of $100,000, Australia's biggest race is on again, this time from Cobar, New South Wales. Sign up now for the Victoria Cup. It's on Sunday the 24th of September 2023. Rings are $100 each with one free ring for every 10 purchased. For details, visit pigeonracingvictoria.com. 
Southern FM sponsor. Wishing you a very merry Christmas. This is Southern FM. And we're back from our break here on Pigeon Radio Australia. And let's continue our chat with champion long-distance breeder and flyer from Tanworth in New South Wales, Dennis Woods. Like I used to send a few down to Melbourne years ago, and every time I sent them down there, I won races, big races with them. Mm. And uh, like uh, it was since the uh, like the transport and that got a bit costly, I think, and turned a lot of people off. And um, and I think uh, you know, like um, you said, sales and that going all the time and things like that. But I had that many birds selling to Sydney and. Newcastle and Queensland, that I, I never had. I never worried about even advertising there for a long while, you know, because because I, every year I'd have the same people coming back to get more. Well, they only come back for one reason, mate, because they did well with them, and you got good, good, well, well, good that's birds. This year again, I, I all my customers nearly all come back, and um, and um, I thought, well, uh, you know. Um, Time to give a bit back here and there, so I'm giving news followers a bit back. And and let me say that donation there, and I I um I actually uh, uh you know like I've, I've done it before in the past, and uh, you know for a couple of different things, you know like uh, especially when someone's you know trying to get something and whatever, and uh, I don't mind doing it. But uh, I just so I just hope whoever gets them. Uh, you either breed some very good pigeons out of them or they might win a race with them. Well, Dennis, I'm the VPO president, Victorian Pigeon Organisation president, and on behalf of the VPO, we'd like to say thank you very much for donating that your race team for our um, VPO truck fund. And, yeah, um, not, we, not a problem, mate. You mate, are a gentleman. I've got 10 other rings there, mate. I'll, I'll throw them on for your... For your um, Breeders' plate as well. Breeders' plate as well, and people can get a go at them. Thank you very much. Well, on that note, my friend, we have to, we've got a couple other interviews we've got to do, and we'll definitely talk again on it. We'll have you on the radio again another time. Yeah, yeah. All them squeakers are coming out, and they just start to come out. So yep. um, uh, everyone will know that uh, that's the situation with them just at present. You know, there's uh, over the next week or so, they should nearly all be out. Perfect. We'll keep in touch anyway. We'll keep in touch, and we'll organise. We'll organise uh, getting them down here, mate. We'll organise him to come down and give a talk here one day. And and if you if you're interested, I've come up with a great idea. If you'd like, we're going to do like a seminar, and we'd like to get you to come down and have a talk. You know, like uh, yeah, be we'll one of our we'll yeah yeah. Well, well, well I think I think um, pigeon, uh, like I, I talk to a fair few blokes around the place. A lot of them are too frightened to do things, and uh, and that don't help their birds. You know what I mean? You got to you got to uh, um, you know, take the, the the whip in your hand and say, right, oh well, um, you know, uh, you work them, you know, get into them, and uh, into don't them. worry about losing them because that you'll lose them when they're underdone all the time. You know what I mean? That's how I train, mate. Keep yeah, that. Uh, I train them hard. Train them hard. You well, Ivan reckons I train them too hard, Dennis. Is that but don't is forget that... the bread. The bread too, that bread later on, well, it, it'll help right. keep the weight on them as you're flying the weight off on them longer races. The bread. Yeah. The bread. I like the bread idea. Don't you worry the about bread. that. See, so what you do, the bread. The bread's like wheat and that, right? It's Correct. like wheat and, and peas and that. It, yeah. It's a weight gainer. <clears throat> So every time they're running weight off, even even flying around your loft, they're running a certain amount of weight off, right? So you feed them bread daily, it just keeps them up all the time. 
They, they don't get too poor on you. If you've got that pigeons awesome. get too poor on you, you'll lose them. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Say that again, if they get too... Yeah. So the bed, the bed does that, and especially on them long ones, you want a lot of bed in them every day there, and uh, it, it helps get that weight straight back on them. It takes over a week to get the weight back on them over doing a three, 400-mile race. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And if, 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 if you haven't got the weight on, there's no way you're going to get them through on the long races. Yeah. Well, when I say weight, it just keeps them up. They don't get fat. They haven't got time to get fat. And a lot of blokes drain their birds out there. They overtrain them on the long races. You, 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 start, you lay off them. Dennis, you hit them. And you give them what... Uh, you, you cut your training back to about 20Ks and only give them a... A couple just prior to you send them all the time. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah you don't gotcha. burn them out. Don't don't let them do the race before you race them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you yeah. keep them fresh all the time. Yeah, so an hour tossing every day is no good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you, you, you get into them until you got them up to, say, two, 300 mile, and then, then you lay right off them. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. You lay right off them and give them bugger all, and, and don't hunt them around the loft if they won't fly. Hop the a Well, they don't fly, they've got no bloody weight on them to fly, so they're tired. Hopper feed them. They just haven't got the energy level until you get them back up again. Hey, yeah, uh, Dennis, when you say hopper feed, what do you give them? Mate, I've got food in there. I give them a big food in the morning, enough for a lunchtime food as well. And if I, if I went to work, they got lunch as well. Yeah, but what I'm asking, they, they what do you give them? They have three foods a day like us when they're working hard. Yeah, correct. Uh, two foods is not enough. Yeah, but what do you give them? Do you give them a mix of grains? A, a mix of, uh, well, you've got your uh, wheat, milo, corn, peas, um, safflower. So a pigeon mix. Uh, you've you got the lot in it, and uh, I, I get a mix with the whole lot. And uh, then then what I do, uh, as we get up a bit further and they're working a bit more, I buy another bag of corn and a bag of safflower, and I up the safflower and up the corn because they eat more when they're working more. So I, I put an extra oh, dip of safflower in, or maybe two dippers of safflower yeah, there, yeah, yeah. like, and I'll put it by the eye. If they're taking the safflower out or corn out straight away and there's none left, I up that because up they know they in front of you what they need. Correct. Observation's a big thing. They tell you what they need, yeah? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then up the bread as well. Yeah. It'll help with the wheat and peas. Don't take the peas out when you're flying along. Like, Keep the peas in right through, and uh, the peas, yeah, wheat, and bread will, will, will help get that weight back on them fast. You know, over a week for you after a hard race. Yeah, mate, that's you've been very, very, very awesome. It's been actually it was fantastic. What do you reckon, Ivan? Oh yeah, mate Dennis, thank you very much. And mate, yeah, we want we want to listen definitely, and we're going to talk to you again. You've got so we're much more. We've we've got you've got so much more to, to so much knowledge. It's not funny. So we'll be calling you again. Yeah, all right, then, mate. Not a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I like doing it just to help people. So that's that's why I, I sort of. <laughs> Um, yeah, done what I've done. So, you're, right. you're totally different to ev- flyers who have been flying for 40 years and they don't want to uh, share their, um, you know, experience. You know, you're different. You're totally opposite. And this is what we uh, need. Mate, we need, what, we need flyers of like you. There's out there to win all their money races too. Say that again? You know them three, 400-mile money races? Yep. I used to win them here all the time. And, and we had some good flies. We had up to 17 flies here. We're, we're all good flies, good yeah. distance flies, good yep. middle distance flies. Yep. But what they didn't know, 
it helped me through being a trainer of human beings, right, because yeah. I used to do the boxing props of rubby league sides and everything here. But by being a fitness trainer, I knew all about fitness and, and, and burnout and that with your pigeons. You know, you can burn your pigeons out and yeah. they'll be flat all the time, you know what I mean, yeah. if, you're not yeah. watch, if you don't watch it. Correct. But you can overtrain them. But you just get them right and then lay, leave them alone, you know what I mean? Correct. Like you can't get any fit, fit than fit. Sure. But if you try pushing them beyond the mark after they fit, you'll drain them out and they'll get burnt out and they'll yeah. be flat all year and you'll lose the bloody lot. Yeah, That's yeah. what you've done. A lot you know of people. So you just people, get them up to a peak <laughs> and then wrap them in and let them fly them every second week and give them a week off in between. One week, one full week or you could fly them every third week and give them two weeks. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then what you do, the week on the three-week one, you have to get in on, you know, give them a couple of 50K tosses or something, just try to send them back in again. Exactly. And then with the ones who have an every second week off, you only have to just, well, on the short ones, you can give them a 20 and a 50, as soon as you get about 300 miles, you only do all 20k tosses. Yeah, gotcha. Even even the follow, oh seriously, once you get to the 400, you don't have to go do an hour tossing. To Mate, a, you don't have to take a far at all on them races. You just you just uh, once you know what you do with them. Uh, just give them yeah, plenty of sprints, sprints, you know, from 20k's. Take them every bloody day. It won't hurt them instead yeah. of letting them out. Yeah, yeah. And but when they come home, don't lock them straight up. Let them fly for another hour or two, whatever they want to do when they come home, and then get them in. Yeah. Open loft. Yeah, open lock them until they've had enough, and then get them down. Yeah. I used to take them every day. You know, getting them ready for them three hundred mile races, then four hundred mile races. Got you know, had anything to do with money. Yeah. Like, uh, we used to fly $4,000 races, and that I've knocked a few of them off up here. Wow. And, uh, the, um, and, and the, like, your ring races or whatever from 300 mile, and that I'd get them half a dozen birds, what I had left or whatever, train them together. They get used to each other. You take them together, you know, now for a couple of weeks, on that two weeks in between your runs, just take them, you know, for 20 k's. And uh, I'm not, you, you'll see, they, they go straight out of the crate. They don't even do a turn. They head straight home. And they're used to each other in the crate. When they go up with, you know, a couple hundred birds or a hundred birds or someone else's or whatever in their money races, yeah. they find each other straight away and buzz off the other yeah. birds beyond there. I used to win by half an hour on all the money races because... I train them every day, speed, give them speed oh, races, uh, tosses from about 20k. <laughs> Dennis. Didn't knock them around, too, because they were very fit from doing the 300, uh, 200 miles and all that. Yep. They were very fit, so he only had to um, hit, hit a lot of 20Ks in them, just sprints, and then let them fly around for an hour or two when they got home each day. Well, when we get our money, when, we, when our money race is uh, getting close next year, I'm calling you for a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, we're we're going to be... Go draining them right out, taking them too far. You I'm going to be calling you, my friend. Don't, don't run the race before the race, in other words. Hey, listen, Dennis, next week we're going to have you on the show uh, straight up and we're going to have the whole program on you. So I hope you can uh, uh, next, yeah, be free so we can um, continue this conversation because there's plenty, plenty more that you can uh, share. Yeah, well, don't, don't forget them ring numbers I'll give you there. We'll see yeah, how we 571 go to 580. Got it, mate. Yep, yeah, it's from 580 down to uh, 571. Yeah, we got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, 571 yeah. to 580, yeah. Yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, 10, 10 there, and they can be, uh, you know, just uh, individually sold. Yeah, and, yeah, individually. Uh, definitely. Kick them all off from, you know, a good rate because they're, they're worth it. Nah, that's amazing. Hey, thank you very much. It's been amazing chatting with you. And next week we're going to have you on the on the program, the whole program, my friend. 
And on that note, let's break for the Southern FM National Radio News and we'll catch you after the news with more of Pigeon Radio Australia. You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. And on the line for Pigeon Radio Australia, he's back in Australia from the United Kingdom, and that's the author of Grandad Pigeon, and that's Mr. Paul Gunning. Hello, Paul. How are you? And welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia, mate. Yeah, good. Thanks, Ivan. Thanks for having me back. That's uh, good. I only got back a week on Thursday, so... Yeah, so you spend, and... you spend the summer here, and then you go back when it's summer in, in the United I, Kingdom. I'm, I'll be going back in March, early March uh, oh, this yeah. year. What a smart so, cookie, mate. What a really smart man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he's a, he is, that is a smart thing to do, actually. Spend summer in Australia and summer in the United Kingdom. Good good idea. Love it. Well, I can, I can race the birds as well, then. That's right. So tell us, how's the racing going in uh, yeah. England? Yeah, it was okay. I went back in, I didn't go get back until the beginning of June last year, so the season was almost over, but I uh, I sent, I, I got a few birds fit pretty quickly and and sent to the first, to, to, to a few races, and they did all right. They were all, they were in the, like, the top five. Oh. I only sent three ends, and they were in the top five of the uh, the club. Oh, very good. Excellent. So um, they did all right. Um, and then I sent some, I had some yearlings that were untrained and unraced as young birds, yeah. and I sent them into the, we, we had a all a, any age racing with young birds and yearlings. Oh. And I, I sent them, and I did really well with them. They were, they were, uh, uh, the best three in, in, well they, they, they won in the club you know mm. so awesome. they, they were good you know mm. and they got great returns with them so oh, there's quite a few, few people think that if you don't race them as young birds they'll never be any good as yearlings well, no I don't think that's quite right actually myself no I've, I've, I've never I've, I've never been a big young bird racer no well, you know, in Australia, I That's don't know. That's how we do it. Uh, when I had pe- people visiting me here from Belgium, they think that we're crucifying the birds because they said to me, you're racing them, you're coming out of the nest and you're practically racing them a couple of months later. And I said, yeah, that's right. Because in Europe, they actually don't race like that, do they? No, no, they don't, no, no. And there's separate young bird racing. and I mean, we're just getting into, you know, any age racing. Some clubs are just doing any age racing now, you know, but, and some feds, but... Yeah. It's always traditionally been a young bird season and an old bird season. And I know you do that different. You do it differently, don't you? Yeah, That's we right. do. But in saying that, Paul, we, um, we in the last couple of years, obviously with COVID, we couldn't race and everyone had a lot of two-year-olds. And yeah. a lot of people, when we raced this year, uh, did really well with them two-year-olds and three-year-olds, didn't they, Ivan? Yeah. Oh, I, actually, yeah. I actually won I won, a fed, I won two feds myself with a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And that wasn't only yeah. me, that was other people as well. It's just the two-year-olds are more experienced and, uh, yeah, they, they, they know what's going on. You know what I mean? True, yeah. Tony? Yeah, yeah. well, they've yeah, they, matured. So. Yeah, they're fully developed, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, makes sense, yeah? Makes sense to... 
I've never been a big young bird racer so I've seen him as young birds I, get, I, I leave him to develop and I give him a load of open hole because I can do where I am you know I, I leave him leave him out to learn about the peregrines and I leave him out with the old birds and it, they keep the old birds fit because the old birds go off ranging with oh, them yeah. you know yeah. and uh it's a bit different, but it's I, I, I've got to do it where I live, you know. Cause I'm and isn't it right in in, the, in England and in Europe you can't race young birds in in a long distance race? Is that right? Uh, with the, probably the the longest young bird races we get is uh, is from France over the Channel and about two hundred miles over two hundred miles, about two hundred and fifty miles. Yeah, well, we're racing our, our uh, young birds here up to six hundred more. Yeah, I know, I know. I was amazed at that. <laughs> hey, hey, Paul, how did you get started into pigeon racing? I got started when I was a, when I was a kid. My, I used to spend the weekends with my my old uncle. Yeah. Who was uh, he was he had bantams and pigeons, uh, ferrets and dogs, and his next door neighbour had pigeons. Okay. And I, I used to spend the time, you know, mooching about with my uncle Sammy. Who was uh, with his with his you know ferrets and his dogs terriers and what have you and and then I, I'd, I'd sit on the fence and go and climb into next door's garden and 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 look at this fella's pigeons Tommy Williams who was called he was a good fa- good flyer yeah and uh, I, and a, a few lads in our street had pigeons and you know in the neighbourhood and we used to go to the there was a, a pigeon market every Saturday morning oh, in Manchester okay. called Shoe Dill yep and we, we used to go to Shoe Dill every Saturday morning and buy. You know, we we buy fancy pigeons at the time, rollers and tumblers and yeah. what have you, and then tipplers, high flying tipplers. Um, and then when when I was, when I got married, um, got my own house, I started racing. Well, that would have been me in mid twenties, you know. Yep. And it was great racing, and in Aston Underline Flying Club, in, in just outside Manchester. Okay. But uh, that was how I started. That's same as most kids, Ivan. You know, you you get a box in the garden and you. Put a couple of tipplers in it, and then you get another yeah. bit, you know, yeah. a bigger sort like a rabbit hutch and, and a little shed. And my dad wasn't interested in pigeons; he was uh, he, he tried to get me interested in budgies. No comparison. No, no comparison, mate. I, I, when you're sitting in the back back garden and waiting for the birds, and you see that bird coming out of the sky, pulling its wings That's back, right. it's no feeling like it. No feeling great, like it. Great, Ivan. Not in saying that. Your missus had budgies, and she done really well with him, winning heap of oh, trophies. My 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 wife was Victorian champion with the budgies. She was. Was she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like budgies, but they don't have the same appeal as pigeons. I've got to say. Yeah. You know, uh, and and I've always said uh, these. Uh, one of the best feelings in the world is just waiting at that first pigeon that comes home Correct. on a Saturday, and you see Correct. that pigeon dropping out of the sky. Correct. Your heart just. Just, you know, just yeah, pigeons bloody lump to your throat, especially when it's been an hard day and, you, you know, you're waiting for the channel pigeon or national, in a national race or something oh, yeah. like that. And, yeah. The adrenaline rush I mean, just goes through the roof, doesn't it, the adrenaline rush? I was, you know, I, I, as a, I was a, as a young fella, I was a boxer, an amateur boxer, and I, I've always said the best feeling in, in best feeling you can have is at the end of that fight when you have your hand raised. But follow, following... That close, a close second is when you see a pigeon come home on a Saturday. Yeah. Did you have many of those hand races? Those, did you get many of your hand raced when you're boxing? Or? Yeah. You yeah, did? Oh, yes, I, won't get too right, che- yeah. I won't get too cheeky right, yeah. with you then. Yeah. 
<laughs> I won't get too cheeky with you then. So tell us, Paul. I'll just fill in Mr. Angelina here. Paul wrote a book for for young people, for children. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. called Granddad Pigeon. How's the, how's the sales of that book going, Paul? It nearly sold out of the first uh, the Jeez. first print run, Ivan. I've probably got James Cook That's back good. in England. Has probably got about forty copies left, if that. Oh and we we're, we're expecting to sell them at Christmas. So yeah. we saw we, we had printed off just to start with. I had printed off three hundred books, and uh, as I say, I've, I've probably got. Thought, I brought some over here because there was there's quite a few here that, that wanted them. You know, yeah, they wanted them. They had trouble getting them. Yeah. It, people had a right job getting them from from uh, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, so uh, we might have to organise yeah, some specially printed. Right, I'll never. You know. I mean, it's, it's. I'll never get my money back. But it doesn't matter. You know. I mean, the, no. the fact is, my, my granddaughter who. who who we wrote it about, she she loves it. She calls it her book and she's, uh, you know, she when I go to babysit, she always says, read my book, Grandad. Oh, how good is that? That's really good. That's yeah, awesome. no, that's fantastic. No, it is a really good book for kids and, and it introduces them into pigeon racing, doesn't it? That's right, yeah. And, uh, and there's a bit in the back about how, uh, you know, about basically about keeping and rearing pigeons and the different types of pigeon, you know, keeping rollers and tipplers yeah. and that sort of thing, pigeons in the war, how many med- dicking medals they won in the Second World War, you know, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, People need to know that. Yeah, very yeah, important, yeah. Very and, important. Uh, I've had loads of great feedback, Ivan. You know, people have put on uh, Facebook and things like that, that you know, Mike and... I bought this for my grandkids and they absolutely love it. And when's your second one coming out? And that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so it's, been, good is it's that? been quite rewarding. Quite reward, you might know? have to write a book about Aussie pigeons. Ah, well, you never know. You never know. <laughs> so I've seen some, seen some great setups here. I went to Rod Churchill's one day and he's yeah. got a fantastic setup. He has. He has and got Paul, a fantastic Paul setup. Bryan. I went to see Paul Bryan. Oh, yeah, Paul, yeah. Few no, years, Paul, yeah. A few years ago and uh, he's got a lovely setup, yeah. Yeah, he has. People seem to keep a lot of pigeons here compared to the average fancier in England, you know. They do, because it's very hard for us here in Australia to get good quality birds from overseas, and when we do get them from overseas, it's very hard to get them in. So, you know, they sort of buy a heap of them so that they can have a lot of them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So because yeah, now, yeah. as you know, you've got a terrible situation with the bird flu in the United Kingdom and in Europe. Yeah, and yeah. at the moment, I think the last time I spoke to Yelly Rosie, as he was telling me there was 18 pairs of birds sitting in Belgium waiting to come to, to Australia and they can't get them over. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it. I can yeah. imagine it, Ivan. And I said the other thing that we've had is uh, with Brexit, We've had like we had loads of trouble getting pigeons into the country from yes. Belgium and Holland, and there's, there was a, a, there's a a lot of uh, a lot of pigeon transport between England and Ireland, the south of Ireland, oh. uh, and that's all gone. You can't move, can't, excuse me, you can't move pigeons at the moment. No, I know. Uh, You've had some so. terrible, shocking problems. And then the other thing is, um, I was just about to say that um, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II had passed away last year. Now, yeah, what's yeah. the situation with her, the royal pigeons now, with that situation? I don't, I don't know what's happening. I think the royal loft is still going. Um, I'm not sure the name of the loft manager, but she was keen. She was keen on the pigeons. You know, oh, she, yeah, she, she went down a few times a year and had a look at them and... She seemed to know what she was talking about with the pigeons. She yeah. was, you know, she was interested. 
Well, we 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 run a Queen Elizabeth Cup here. When when she passed away, I thought that we'd run a special race in her honour, and yeah. uh, we named it the Queen Elizabeth Cup, and we got a huge trophy with her with, with a oh. picture on it and all that sort of stuff. And uh, have a guess who won it? This guy sitting next to me here, Mr. Angelino. I was honoured to win that. Very honoured to win that with a beautiful grizzled cockbird too. Yeah, yeah. It was a beauty. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm going to ask you a few questions. You got time for a couple of questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, just uh, when when pairing up your stockbirds, do you pair winners to winners, or how, how do you do it? You know what, Ivan? I used to do. I used to do all that, but with the situation at the moment where I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm coming to Australia after year, everything I have flies out. So I don't keep any prison stockbirds. Um, what I do is I. I, I <laughs> It's a bit, a bit unconventional, but I, I, I'll pair one or two pairs together that I, I like, and the rest of them, because it's late when I get back from Australia, it's late yeah. in the season for to race in England. Yeah, I just open the, I open the doors and I let the cocks and hens pick their own mates, and then I let them sit for. A, a, basically, what I do is yeah. I have friends all over the country, you know, good pigeon flyers, who send me down a kit of young birds each year. Oh, beautiful. So what I do, I'll race them. Not I don't race them. I let them mature and I leave them open all. And my racers, then I let them sit on eggs for 10 days, 12 days. Yeah. And then I'll split them up and I'll race them on the roundabout. Oh, okay. So I do, stock pigeons, I don't keep any as such. I have one or two that are, are old retired racers that that fly out and, you know, they've done well. So, yeah, they've so earned you, birch, you know. You kept them. But uh, I don't keep many pigeons, Ivan. I've probably got 45 pigeons in total. Oh, it's Joe here. So um, what I've got to ask yeah, you is um, you, you mentioned roundabout. For those people yeah. that don't know what that means, you know, you, you do the roundabout system. Explain explain that, please. Well, the, the roundabout system means that you can fly cocks and hens, both yep. celibate. Yep. So... Whereas in the past you fly the widowards and the hens stay at home, in with the roundabout, the hens stay, the, the hens and the cocks both go to the race. Yep. So you will, during the week, you'll exercise, let the hens out. In my case, I let the hens out first, move the cocks into the hen section next yeah. door, blank that all off so that the hens can't see the cocks. The hens will stay out for an hour, an hour. I, I mean, I, I don't keep any strict time limits on it. If it's a nice day and they're enjoying it, I let them fly. And, let them, and the hens will really exercise well on their own. About They'll go off ranging like young birds do, you know. Yeah. And then when I want to get them in, I open the, the trap to the cockbird section and let them in. They, bear in mind, you know, they will have been sat on eggs or, in, you know, in other people's cases, they will have reared youngins in that section. Ah, right. And then, so they go in, they go straight to the box, I get them in, I feed them. While I'm, while I'm feeding the hens, I then open the hen section and let the cocks out. Yeah. Cocks go off, they do, they exercise, they usually exercise really well. I move the hens then, once the hens are fed, I move the hens back into, into their section. And then I leave the cocks out for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, two hours, depending on, as I say, depending on how they're enjoying it. Okay. And then I, I get the cocks in. When when they've had the fly, you know, yeah, and so they go, they obviously trap back into the cocks, the, the nest box section, you know, the cock section. So you separate them. You separate your hens and cocks straight away. Yes, so uh, straight away. You don't mix them. Uh, yeah, you mean great. after the race? No, no. Uh, when you when when you put them over from yearlings to to over into the race loft, you separate hens and cocks straight away. 
once once they've reared around the younguns, or they've, they same as it on you as you would do on the widowhood, or they've sat for ten days or something like that. Yeah, I separate. In my case, I separate them once they've sat for ten days, and then what I do then, Ivan, because they've not reared a youngun for the, for the, the long races, the, the yeah. big races. Okay. I then pair them up, and then I, I have them sitting so that they're on the chipping young, the first chipping youngster they've ever had. Gotcha. All right. So they're on that for the first time for the big race. Yeah. So on marking day, they'll be chipping, or they'll have had a, a you know a, a one day old younger youngster under them, and that's the first time they'll have had a young and under them. Unreal. So <laughs> that's what I'll do with them. So they, they, they maintain the fitness through the roundabout system. They've got no rearing, no stresses, no strains of raising younglings. And then for the big race, the big, you know, each one could be different as well. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I might have, I might sort of put another pair back together a week after so that they're, they're ready for a race a week after the other ones, okay. you know. Okay, yeah. And then they're on, they're on the chipping youngling for, the, for, for basketing. Oh, there you go. Now, training. How, yeah. What's your training uh, program? Our training is it's it's uh, where I live. I live in Bude in North Cornwall. I know. And we're, is. we're absolutely slaughtered by peregrines. I don't know whether any of you have ever seen the program uh, Doc Martin. No. On television, there's a program called Doc Martin. Oh my goodness! It's exactly it's where I live. And it's, it's on the cliffs. And oh, the coast yeah, and Dr. Martin, the one. Yeah, yeah, we get it here on the ABC. Yeah, I know the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That's so it, that's, yeah. Well, I live just near him. So that, that's on the coast. Slaughter. Yeah, you're on the on the coast, yeah. Is that the yeah. one where all the falcons are all on the hills and that? Yeah, well, we've got falcons all over now. I, oh. I mean, we, we've got them in the building. They're in the city centres now, but traditionally they've always been in places like, you know, where I live. Um. I'm, every training toss, nearly every training toss, you get hit by the falcons. Oh, no. yeah, so we've, once I start racing, once the birds have had a race, I don't train them again because you, they're just running the gauntlet every week. He's right. You're right. Yeah. Well, when I spoke to Jeff Cooper, he was telling me he doesn't train his pigeons at all. He just flies them around the roof because of the falcons. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, I do a lot of that. Once, once I, I'll, I'll train them a few times before the first race, before they go to the first race, and. and a lot of the time, I put them up in just twos and threes, just so that if one bat get hit by the falcon, the other ones might have a chance of getting through. Mm. I mean, it never, it never used to be like this in England. No, it was, it's the same you know, here in Australia. never had this problem. We're the same here, mate. It's the same in Australia, Paul. We, we never yeah. had, like crazy. last season, we had two years off because of the COVID. And yeah. then we've raced the last season, and the falcon exploded. attacks on the birds was unbelievable. <laughs> the falcon yeah. attacks it yeah. just exploded. I've seen, I've seen some falcons here, Ivan, as I've been driving around the island and yeah. up the, uh, the um, South Gippie. Yeah, and there's a lot like down that area. Like a grey or white falcon. Yeah. What, what are they? They're peregrine. Well, no, these peregrines. I've seen peregrines. No, I think he's talking about like the one. It's a great gl- falcon. It glides. It glides. Oh, uh, they don't touch the pigeons, though, those ones. They just, oh, they they just hover. Yeah, they, they, just they, they usually go Over after there. rats, mice, rabbits, yeah. things like that. Oh, right. yeah. and, and snakes. Yeah, yeah snakes. Right. Yeah, they yeah. catch snakes, too, those things. Yeah, yeah we like them. That's what they call kestrel, kestrels. Oh, kestrels. Yeah, we've got kestrels in the UK, and they don't bother pigeons, you know, but... We've got uh, where I am here now in Cape Willamette. We've got peregrines here. We see, I see them uh, regular, and um, we've got uh, goshawks behind us in the bush. Yeah, um, oh, the goshawks are fierce here, and the, uh, the peregrines. We're getting those 
really black coloured ones now. Oh yeah, and yeah. they seem to be very fierce. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. have Paul? Do you have the goshawks? Yeah, okay. we've got uh, we've got uh, the goshawks in. They are huge. They're, they're all over the UK, but we've, we've not huge. got so many near us. Although having said that, James Cook has been attacked a few times with them on the average, mm. You know, at, at, at um, Tumley Loss. Mm. They're not scared. They can They just come down. You know, they they're not scared. Ah, they're brazen. The they full of. They full of. Uh, you know, they full of themselves, and they, ah. they're not frightened off. You know. Mm. And then I've read in a few magazines and that that um, even I think James Cook was talking about at one time. Um, he got a bird stolen from the show, but there's been a lot of theft of pigeons over there too, hasn't there? That's right. The coopers have just been broken into. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. They've lost Farmer George. That's right. They've got the, they had all the stock pigeons stolen one night. Yeah. Uh, and James, I, I've been helping out James out at a couple of the shows recently. Yeah. I was at that Doncaster show and the North East Omen Union show with him. Yeah. Uh, but I missed, I missed the Epsom show because I, I had a... I got some uh, ruptured discs and I couldn't go. Okay. Uh, and uh, James had a, a pigeon there stolen from That's his right. uh, McFadden line. That's bad. That's terrible. 500, 500 pound pigeon. Yeah. Why do you reckon the, the pigeon theft has gone up in Europe and that? Because even in Belgium and Holland and Germany and in, even in Spain, I heard they had a lot of birds stolen as well. Yeah, I read that in Spain recently, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I think probably, you know, people is. Pigeons are worth a lot of money over there, aren't yeah, they? they I'm, are. sure, yeah. I'm sure they, they are, are here as well. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, they are here too. Are yeah. they yeah. in to China by any chance? Yeah, they do. China. Yeah, they do. We've we've had a few thefts uh, or attempted thefts here in Australia from some very good lofts as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. It's and they know what they want. Going this way, but... And, and the people know what they want. When they go to these lofts, they know exactly what to look for. Exactly. Well, like, exactly, because, I mean, they went to the Coopers and they, they, they broke into their stock section, stole all, stole all their stock pigeons. Oh, no. Uh, oh, the pigeon no. they stole from James was like one of the highest-priced pigeons on sale that day. That's bad. Wouldn't Jeff Cooper be absolutely devastated with that? Oh, he'd be devastated, That's yeah. Bad. yeah. Oh, and I can imagine Catherine, she'd be really upset too, wouldn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, unbelievable. Hey, Paul, with, uh, when you're flying, when you're flying, when you're racing, um, yeah. medication, how much medication do you use? What's the pro medication I, program? I, I, I do them for cocky, uh, canker, worms at the beginning of the season. I also do them for paratyphoid. Yeah. Um, I use this, I just buy this stuff from Belgium. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, so I do, do them for parasitoid, and obviously you get the the paramyxovirus jump. Yes, okay. Um, but after that, I don't really do it for. I'll, I'll do it for canker, say once a month, and that's it. Um, yeah, and yeah, then that's I, good. I, I always have um, um, oh, what's it called? Um, bloody hell! Oh, cider vinegar. I have cider vinegar. I was going to ask you that next. Times a week. I was going to ask you if you use any natural products, and you use yes. apple cider vinegar. Cider yeah. vinegar, I love it. I love it, and it's I, you know some of my best years have been when I've can, I've used hardly anything else. Can I ask you something, Paul? Cider vinegar. It's Joe here. Can I ask you with the apple cider vinegar? How many times a week do you use it, and why? I'll do it three times a week, and I, the, the, from what I've read, it, it keeps the canker count down. Whether that's right or not, but my pigeons have been in absolutely fantastic condition with yeah. just on side of, side of vinegar. 
Um, the other thing I do use is um, a Tolisan product. Uh, it's, um, well, I forget what they call it now, Fort, um, Fort, Tolisan Forte, it's called. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, that's, uh-huh. th- th- those products are really popular in the UK, but so, I think that Tolisan Forte is quite a good conditioner, you know. Yeah, yeah. So with the apple cider, oh, just getting back on the apple cider vinegar, how, how many yeah. how many meals do you put in a litre? I usually, I usually put in, in, a, in a, a big, you know, like a drinker, a four, four litre drinker. Drink. drinker yeah. I put like just half a capsule of the cider oh, vinegar no, in. What benefits? It's what benefits? Probably about five, I don't know, five. I don't know, it would be in meals, you know. I'm not one oh, to measure yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Be honest, half, half a cap, whatever, five meals or something, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, what benefits do you think apple cider gives the birds? Well, as I say, I think it keeps the canker down, the canker, the canker um, down, yeah. levels down. Um, I, I don't know really other than that. I, that's, that's, why I, that's why I've used it. People have said it's – and I, one of the – I think it was Ad Shalakans. I, I read a lot of Ad Shalakans. Yeah. Yeah. And he, 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 he swears by cider vinegar. And I just yeah. thought I'd try it a few years ago, about 10 years ago now. And I've always uh, I've always found it works well for them. Oh. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now, with, um, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? So, um, natural products. Uh, where are we? How, 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 how would you describe a fit pigeon in your loft? Well, gosh, I'd, 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 I'd watch it at exercise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like to see my widowed cocks going, clapping off on their own across the valley. They, you know, they, they'll yeah. fly as a team for a bit, but I like to see them dropping, spinning round a couple of times and clapping off on their own. Yeah. And all, I like to see all my pigeons clapping off individually and coming back, veeing up, you know, and, and then just not keeping still when they land. They're hardly still, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the hens would be sort of they, 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 the roundabout hens seem to fly more as a team, uh, more in a kit. Uh, yeah. But they, they, they tend to be very, very tight, feathered, apple-bodied. I like a nice little apple-bodied pigeon, you know, yeah, especially hens. Of course. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, tight, feathered, not keeping still in the loft. The old things as well, like you know, warm feet and. Uh, clear, you know, a clear sort of uh, skin on the breast, you know, no scale and yes. you, not too deep. Yep. Beautiful. But uh, main, mainly, I, I'd, I'd say watching them round the loft, Ivan, you know, just like I said, it's, not, it's, a, great fe- it's a great feeling watching them. Yeah, I know. And just, you know, going up high in the sky, just all veeing up and. Yeah, we call it veeing up, you know. Yep. So um, observation, hey, you just watch them yeah, and make sure yeah, they're all doing yeah. the right things. They tick the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah beautiful. Um, and I had, a, I had a, when I raced back up north a few years ago, just yeah. little, plain little tricks on them. You know, I had a fantastic pair of brothers, two cocks, and they were always there or thereabouts, and they were in the nest boxes next to each other. And I, I, know, I just, they hated each other. These two cocks, and as I say, <laughs> they were nest, they were nest mates, they were nest mates, but. They were always trying to get in each other's box. And I remember one, one day, I just I locked one of them out on a Friday afternoon before basketing. And I left him out and loft and I put his head in with his brother. Yeah. And then I left him out and he, I opened the half of the door so he could see this this end, his own end, with the, and his, his, his brother from the next nest box was in his nut box, you know, trying to get to his end. So I let him back in. 
and this pair of them scrapped for about a minute, and then I, I took the I took the cock out, took the pair of them out, sent them to the race. I had fantastic result with that cock. Man, with really? the um, yeah, I was first federation with him. I didn't even see him come either, and I thought it was a blackbird flying across the garden. <laughs> my mate said, <laughs> honestly, my mate said, unreal. So it's just gone in your loft. <sighs> I looked in, and it was this cock, and he was. His wings were down, he was panting, and that was from Weymouth, which was 200 miles to us at the time. Yeah. And uh, he was just, he, both of them were in fantastic condition, but he just wanted that bit, bit more incentive, you know. Yeah, of course. And that gave him the incentive, seeing this, this cock from his, his brother <laughs> trying to tread his end, you know. Yeah, exactly. He wants to get home quick, so he doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. muck around. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah. Yeah, take yeah so just things like that, Ivan, you know, a little yeah. bit, just obs- observation, <laughs> really, as you say. Yeah, exactly, observation's right. good. Now, it's Joe here. I've got two more questions for you. Yeah, and, good. Um, and then you can go have a, have a couple of beers. Well, <laughs> All right. <laughs> my, wife, All right. my wife's just cooking the tea. So ah, beautiful. Good. All right, what time, what time do you want us over? <laughs> from, right, Matt, from Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, we'll be here in two hours. Uh, what advice would you give a, a new flyer, mate? What advice? Yeah, I'd, I'd say get some get pigeons from the best flyer in your area, in the area that you're flying to. So come and see Ivan Fonte. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, or that's Tony what I'd say, say that, Ivan. Yeah, or Tony Babara. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember, else, I remember when I moved to Cornwall from up north, and and it, it was different racing up there. It was fast racing with the, the you know a mile a minute wind wind up the you know up the back of them every week. And I moved to Cornwall where it was 900, 1,000 yards a minute every week with the headwind going, you know. And I, I, the pigeons that I brought down didn't do very well, to be honest. Okay. And then we had an old fella in the club called Ollie Gittins. He was a fantastic flyer. Uh, and I, he, he had a sales. He advertised some young birds for sale. So I phoned him up and I said, will you sell me some, Ollie? And he said, yeah, I'll sell you some, yeah. And I bought a round of late breads off him. Oh, good. And... The next year, I, re- I bred off them, and I, 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 the year after, I raced them, and I was a top prize winner. But they were the well, best pigeons in our, flying in our area, area, in our old see? federation. Well, look, that's a, pigeons. See, there you go. That's what Ivan did this year, too. He bred some people, some birds locally, and yeah. they did well, winning races and feds and all. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Done well. Done well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what would be good? If you could race Ooh. over here in Australia, just to see how, you know, you... Because it's different, different country, you know, different, uh, yeah, different but style. Yeah, the wrong time of the year. I know. Yeah. It'd be good, like if you yeah. could, look. You didn't have to buy. You didn't have to build a loft. You could like go partnership with someone, you know, like Ivan or Tony or myself, or get you know and just yeah. have a crack. You know what I mean? Just have, have a bit of interest. Yeah, yeah. You know, that'll be lovely. good. Yeah, that'll be good. And you know what? The offer's there if you ever want to try that. All right, mate. Well, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's really nice. That's tempting yeah, the as well. There. No worries. <laughs> that'll be good. Yeah. Anyway, um, Paul, I'm I'm inviting you to come down to a few of our functions when we have them. If you're free, that'd be good. Stay in touch, and uh, I'd like you to come down to my place for a visit, a sit down, and we'll have a bit of a you know have a few drinks and talk pigeons for for a couple of hours. That'll be brilliant, Ivan. I'll do that after Christmas. All right. Good on you, mate. Stay in touch, and thanks for being a a guest on our radio program again. Yeah. No problem. Anytime. 
a big hello to you and a big old Merry Christmas to all Southern FM listeners. Wishing you a wonderful, joyous Christmas and holiday season. Just want to wish everyone a great festive season and a happy new year. Hope you have a Merry Christmas and a great new year. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Yellow Drops is now available in Australia and distributed by Natural Pigeon Products. The authentic Yellow Drops is a product used by the great champions in pigeon racing for decades. They eliminate almost instantaneously, naturally, the fungi, trichomonas and bacteria existing in the upper digestive and respiratory system. To order your Yellow Drops now, call Natural Pigeon Products on 035 or pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM sponsor Your one-stop produce and farming supplies Tara Meat We get racing pigeons racing horses racing cattle and poultry feeding All racing pigeon products and supplements available We also have live poultry sales Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies 1227 Holden Road Tulin Vale Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484-340-551. Southern FM sponsor. Flyright is a nutritional balancer product designed to assist racing pigeons to reach their racing capability and potential. Flyright contains a number of natural ingredients such as prebiotics, herb extracts, oregano, yeast functional fibers designed to increase the number of favorable microflora within the gastrointestinal tract. Flyright is a natural physical barrier to pathogens. Order your Flyright now at appliednutrition.com.au or phone us on 0732062568. Southern FM sponsor. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Pigeon Racing Victoria presents the Victoria Cup 2023. With a guaranteed first prize of $100,000, Australia's biggest race is on again, this time from Cobar, New South Wales. Sign up now for the Victoria Cup. It's on Sunday the 24th of September 2023. Rings are $100 each with one free ring for every 10 purchased. For details, visit pigeonracingvictoria.com. Southern FM sponsor. Stop the pigeon, 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 the people who run this fantastic $100,000 race, which we're advertising here on Pigeon Radio Australia. They're one of our sponsors for Pigeon Radio Australia. We thank them very, very much for that. And uh, we have Taz Gazis on the line, the president of Pigeon Racing Victoria, to tell us how the uh, sales of the rings are going and how um, everything's going for the lead-up to the race in 2023. Taz, hello and welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia. Hi, Ivan. Hi, Joe. Uh, great to hear from you guys. Great g'day, to be back on. G'day, mate. How are you going? Very good, very good. 
So tell us how are these ring sales going. Have we sold a few of them, or what's going on? Yeah, we've we've sold them. As you know, we had the lockdown, and we were selling some rings uh, back then as well with the discount. So. We were moving them early on. Um, they've really picked up in the last month, last month and this month in particular. But I remember last time we had this race, uh, December was the busiest month, oh. and November, January, February were were busy, but not as busy as December. Oh. Um, so it's really good to see. It's really good to see people getting behind it. Yeah. And um, it's it's a great image building race for pigeon racing. Pigeon racing deserves a race like this, I think. I think it does. I think it does. does. Now, um, you you kindly sponsored the radio program, and you're a sponsor of eighty eight point three Southern FM, and we got a professional ad made for you. And um, what's the feeling of the ad? Are you happy with it and everything? Really, really good, Ivan. Very professional. Um, yeah, a lot of people have actually mentioned it and said we love the the advertising, and that's oh, that's good. That's excellent. good. It's really polished, really nice. Oh, very good. I'm happy that you're happy with it. And Southern FM are happy to have you on board as a sponsor too, and they greatly greatly appreciate the sponsorship that you've given us. Oh, look, it's it's great to be on board, and it's great that we can sort of help out in any way we can. Oh, good on you, mate. Thank you very much for that. Now, um, tell us, uh, how many rings have you sold so far? Have you got an estimated number there? Or at this point number? in time, we're sitting at about 1,400. Oh, gee, that's all right. But um, I've got a lot of a lot coming through. To give you an idea, I think I'm going to have to take time off work just to be able to process these things because Jeez. I'm getting, like just this weekend, I had seven applications. Um, Friday, there were four. Thursday, there were three. Mm. So they're really sort of coming through. And it's hard to get on top of it when they all come through at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee, that, that's going to be, well, it's going to be an exciting race, I think. Yeah, I think so too, and, and, and it's really good. Look, I was talking to a, a really, really good VHA flyer a couple of months ago, mm. and he absolutely nailed it um, when we are talking about this race. Mm. He said, what's, what's one of the first questions that, that members of the public ask you when they hear that you race pigeons? The yeah. fir- one of the first questions what's is, it? is there money in it? <laughs> How much money is there to be made? Yeah. And so this race kind of answers that question or, or yeah. meets that need. Yeah. So you can turn around and say, well, actually, yeah, there's a race that pays $100,000 and yeah. almost almost uh, 200000 all up. Well, I can so, tell you that when I'm tossing around the, around the traps and um, people come up to me and talk to me because I see the birds in the unit and everything and then they talk to you and they ask you that question, how much money's involved in it? And I turn around to them and I said, we've got a race now that's worth $100,000. Their, jaw, their jaws just drop and they look at you with this wide eye and they go, are you for real? I go, yeah, I'm for yeah. real. Yeah, And that's why we've gone with this idea because it really sort of brings home the fact that you're not dealing with your, your scrubbers on the street. You're dealing with thoroughbreds here. Okay. And so so you want councils, government, the public as a whole to see them in, in that kind of a light because they are thoroughbreds. I mean, you know, anything that can do what they do, uh, they're just phenomenal athletes. Mm. Absolutely mind-boggling. Mm. Now, Pigeon Racing Victoria doesn't just run this $100,000 race, but you also promote pigeon racing. And now tell me, how many new people have you had inquiring about it with you people? Well, since our inception, we've referred 44 new flyers. Gee, that's very good. 
it's it's pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. And the other good thing is that we don't just say, look, you know, where do you live? Here's the closest club. We'll actually provide a mentor program. And in a lot of cases, we actually provide them with birds to start off with. Oh. So normally what happens, we'll ask around and try to get someone who lives close to them to sort of take them under their wing and just show them the ropes. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, like well, if you, ever need any, if you ever need any birds for new flies, you can knock on my door anytime. Yep, yep. And it's it's a step in the right direction. If you give them decent birds, then they can taste success. If they taste success in their first or second year, oh. then, then, you know, you know you've, you've got them. Oh. Um, whereas if you if they're flattened against the wall, they, they just become disheartened. They say, you know, all this effort and what have I achieved, and a lot oh. of them lose interest. So, oh. you know, we've got to be careful with the new flyers. It's oh. really important. Oh. Now, you used to do all the pet expos and that. I don't know if they're still going on, and do you still get involved in that sort of stuff? We tried that. Uh, we did a number of shows. From memory, there were about 16 in total, um, and they were really, really... They looked so nice. I was surprised myself just how nice they looked. Mm. Um, we, we used to pick birds of different colours. We had brochures. We had a little video going in the background. Mm. We had a little model loft. But what we found was that it didn't really translate to a lot of new flyers. Okay. So we were spending the time, we are spending the money, yeah. but we weren't getting people saying, look, I want to join. Mm. Um, so we just we just went with the things that, that worked better because at the end of the day we've tried like about 16 17 different things and we just stayed with what works so what have you Um, found that works the best to promote the sport i think of all the things we've tried i would say the vic cup would have to be number one yeah um the vic cup does two things the first thing is that it pulls in new flyers because they see it a lot of new people come through uh, the internet, like YouTube, what have you. Yeah. And when they see things like the one-off races or the Vic Cup, it really sort of gets them interested. Yeah. And the other thing that the Vic Cup, I've found what, what it does, and I've had two federation presidents tell me this, it actually gets members that used to race back in the sport. Okay. So, so you'll have someone who, like, is retired, who, who sort of was busy with work or their health um, wouldn't allow them to do it. It's kind of it kind of rekindles their interest. Oh. Oh. So it's a du- it's a double um, double effect there. So we've sort of gone with that, you know. Like yeah. um, if we had found something else worked better, we would have gone with that. Yeah. But having said that, having said that, I've always kind of felt, and a lot of people on our committee feel that with the expos, you might not see the results immediately, yeah, but you might right. get those results 20 years down the track. Correct. Because we got we got a lot of kids sort of coming up and we'll give them pamphlets and they'd be interested. And you don't know, like some of those might sort of, it might spark their interest, you know, years from now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, I honestly think that we should get involved in community events more. Yep, yep, absolutely. People need to know about us because when you speak to them, a lot of members of the public, a lot of them say, oh, we didn't even know that this sport existed. Yeah, that's right. You're right, 100%. So so you sort of think, well, you know, have we not done our job right? (laughs) You know, like... Well, you know, I don't like to be rude, Taz, but I can tell you, 
that back when I was a kid, we had like three, four hundred members at basketing centres, right? Yeah. And now we've dwindled down to what we've dwindled down to. And yeah. I think that a lot of the lot of the blame is that people just didn't do anything to keep it promoted. Like with football, you know, the AFL are always, always, and the NRL always promoting, 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 promoting. They don't stop. Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of corporations, a lot of businesses spend between five and ten percent uh, of their revenue just on on, on promotion. So you know they recognise that you always have to allocate part of your budget to promoting your products or service or business. Um, whereas the fraternity hasn't done that. See, no. we've we've gone with um, uh, clubs and federations having a publicity officer, which is really it's not a consolidated effort. So no. you'll have one person who might send the results. They used to send them to the local newspaper. Yeah, but the newspaper doesn't really exist anymore. It's not in. That's a pr- right. That's right, and that's why we're not adapting. Of- we're not. A- I find that we, as a fraternity, are not adapting to new things that are happening. That's right. That's right, and that's why we went with a, a, a separate organisation with the, the charter being just to promote the sport. Because we said, look, a one-man band is not going to do this job. They, they, it, never, it hasn't worked for a hundred years. No. So we need to get a group of guys to get together and push hard in this area. And that's what this race is. This race that's is not right. about, not really about money. It's not about no. It's about promotion. Um, and it's, it's, about, a, it's, it's about making the sport relevant and. and Seeing, getting it in the public domain. Yeah, and making people aware of it, which we haven't been doing. We sort of promote the sport within our own sort of fraternity, and we don't really need to promote it within our own fraternity. We needed to promote it outside our fraternity. That's right. I mean, and, and the one-loft races are good as well because you've got people that, that really enjoy those, and you've got people who, for whatever reason, can't race in their backyard, and they'll they'll get behind the one-off races. But I say, look, whatever people enjoy is a good thing. Mm. The, the, the more things you offer people in the pigeon sport, the better it is. Look, all respect to one-off races, Taz, but there's nothing like sitting in your backyard, having a drink on the weekend, and waiting for your birds to come home for the race. And, and when you see those birds coming in from the race, the... It's just an indescribable feeling, really. It's pretty amazing. The thing with this race is, at the end of the day, whatever result you get, you know that basically you're responsible for that result, whether well, it's that's good right. or bad. That's what your pamphlet said initially when we first started the 100,000 race. Be your yeah. own trainer, be your own jockey, be your own everything. You're, you're yeah. the master of the whole thing. And, and imagine the, what, what a buzz it would be to get a high-fed position in a race like this where, you know, for the rest of your life, if people say, oh, have you made any money? Yeah, I've made X amount or yeah. I've placed well in this race. You know, it's, it's sort of – it validates the sport, I think. Yeah. No, I think, it, I think it validates the sport incredibly. What do you reckon, Mr. Angelino? You've, mate, you've been involved in this in the first race. It's, 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 an ama- it's amazing, mate. These guys, uh, you know – Doing really good for the for the sport, and when yeah. uh, we need this, you know, we need it. Yeah, we need it right. because you know what? Every time I I interview someone, I ask them that magic question: mm. Where do you see pigeon racing in ten years? And you know what they say? Mm. Oh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> dying, and, yeah. and they know what I say to them. What can we do to make it better? Or do you know to you know? Yeah. To what can we do so it? What can we do so it doesn't die? So these guys have come on board, and they're doing what. What the sport needs. Taz, you, you know what? Well done. Our, our well done, hats guys. have to be taken off to you well guys done. and to you for 
for actually initialising the whole concept and thinking oh, about it's, this. It's a combined effort, guys. Oh, like I know, wasn't, it's a combined effort, know. but if you didn't come up with the idea, there wouldn't be a combined effort. It always takes that one person, that, you know, to kick it off, and you're that person, so... It's, well, it's the love well of done. the sport, and I always ask guys, I always say, look, haven't you enjoyed pigeon racing? Haven't you enjoyed... It's been part of my life for years, right? Yeah. Mm. And it's been it's been a real nice experience for me. Mm. Like, wouldn't you want more people to have this experience? I mean, isn't, it, isn't it great to see other people enjoying this sport? Yeah, of course it is. 110%. That's what it's all about. You know, yeah. you want to see... You, we want to see maybe, you know, when we get old and, and we don't, you know, once we retire and we, we can't race pigeons, you want to still be able to look on the internet and see, the, you know, people, it's still going, you know? That's right. Yeah. That's right. We have to adapt, and that's one thing that... Look, some federations I've noticed are better at adapting than others. Some just want to keep doing the same old thing, and but if you do the same old thing, you get the same old results. Um, and you have to you have to adapt because you're competing for people's attention these days. You know, there's a million and one things that that kids can do these days. My question would be, how are you going to get this kid interested in pigeons when they've got a million other things? All right, Taz, you want to just tell us if anybody's interested in getting some rings, you better give yourself a plug and uh, tell them how to get rings from you people. Yep, there's an application you can download from Pigeon Racing Victoria. Yep. Um, just jump on the website and there's yep. a little icon there, PDF document. Yep. Um, you can just print it out. Yep. And then you can either send it through or send through a photo on your mobile phone. Oh, yeah. And then once you make payment, then you'll be, I'll, I'll get the ne- near, nearest delegate to you yeah. uh, to to arrange to get the rings allocated. Get behind the race so we can just put the sport on the map. And every cent that we make goes back into the, the pigeon sport in one way or another. Oh, and, on, and, and there's representatives from all, all, all the feds there to make sure that uh, the right thing is done and we push in the right direction. All right, mate. You, got, you guys are doing an amazing job. Keep up the good Keep work. Keep up the good work. Thanks for being a part of the Pigeon Radio. It's, and, uh, it's um, a pleasure, guys. Oh, it's Father Christmas here. Are you on my naughty or nice list this year? Still time to change that, you know. Ho, ho. Come on, Rudolph. 88.3 Southern FM. Pigeon Racing Victoria presents the Victoria Cup 2023. With a guaranteed first prize of $100,000, Australia's biggest race is on again, this time from Cobar, New South Wales. Sign up now for the Victoria Cup. It's on Sunday the 24th of September 2023. Rings are $100 each with one free ring for every 10 purchased. For details, visit pigeonracingvictoria.com. Southern FM sponsor. Dogs are awesome. Think about it. When you give them a little love, they'll give you their heart. They don't care about how much money you make, how good you look, or even how bright you are. They love you for you. That's why we need to train more assistance dogs. They take care of people in need by helping out with everyday tasks, from opening doors to emptying the washing machine. To help us share the love, find out how you can get involved by visiting assistancedogs.org.au. This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Travel the world, musically speaking, from the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto, from the Colosseum to the Pyramids, from the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ.
And once again for Pigeon Radio Australia, we have the Secretary of the Victorian Pigeon Organisation, Mr Paul Burlack online. Paul Burlack, welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia. No, thank you, Ivan. It's uh, always a pleasure. Good on you, mate. And uh, listen, thank you very much, Michael Portelli, for donating. I don't know if you've seen it, Paul, the cracker of a pigeon. On, on the, um, on, on the, the options, online um, option. On the option, the BPO, online yeah. option, yeah. He's done oh, it the crack. pied, you mean? Yeah, the pied. The what crack. a beautiful picture. Oh, beautiful. Yep. I just want to say thank you very much, Michael. Um, you know, like whenever we ask you for a bit of a little bit of help, mate, you, you never yeah. say no. You're yeah. always there, you know, and gives gentleman. us gentlemen of the sport. So thank you and very I'll much, Mick. Hey, I'll just read you while we're talking about this bird. This bird is a dam. Listen, is PRV sixteen? You know what PRV is, don't you? It's got a hundred dollar ring. The dam's got a hundred dollar ring on it, right? And it's, it was third fed four hundred miles in a twelve hour fly, right? And the sire of a, of this bird is a blue bar pied cock WPF twenty one six eight nine seven bred for the stock half brother to seventh fed six hundred mile last year. His dam is fourth fed four hundred mile in a tough fly. Wow. Jesus. What a beautiful What picture. a quality bird. Look at it. Look at it. I'll tell you now, I'm going to have to start saving my lunch money faster. Well, you, you better, better save your up. lunch money very quickly because tonight mm. the auction is finishing. So if you want to buy any of these birds that are there, you've got Poi Waiton's bird, which is over $1,000. You've got this one here that's over 400 bucks already, right? If you want any of these pigeons, you better get online on the Greater Melbourne Pigeon Federation website and enter their auction site. And if you want any of these birds, the auction finishes tonight. So you, that's your last chance to get any. Yeah, well, tonight. No, no, well, right we're, now, I know, but we're, um, well, morning having our eggs and bacon and yeah, everything coffee else. and the rest. All right. The auction finishes tonight. Wow. Got a lot of biscuits saved up because you'll need them. Jokes, <laughs> 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 oh, mate, jokes. Yeah. Well, pretty much every bird's got a bit on it. So come on, people, if you want any good yeah. quality pigeons, you've hey, got some very just good getting, quality pigeons. Just, just mentioning that our uh, online auction which I want to really we all we want to thank everybody that donated a bird yeah. you guys are amazing and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts yeah thank from you the, from the VPO is there anything on the uh, website uh, there um, on the auction website mm. that's telling them when it ends yeah oh yeah it does oh yeah it tells you how many minutes are left and oh, everything yeah. yeah yeah that's right yeah I did say that sorry I forgot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how many days how many minutes yeah. how many hours everything yeah, yeah, everything's yeah. there, so it's going to be counting down tonight. So around between 7 and 9 o'clock, the birds finish. So if you want any of these pigeons, you better get your act together, get on there and get the mouses clicking and put some bids in. Done and dusted. Mm-hmm. An unbelievable uh, uh, poise bird is a very nice-looking little squeaker too. Oh, yeah. Did and you I, see the I, photos I haven't put up? I put some mature photos up Jeez, now. It's you want mature. to see it now? My God. I haven't seen those. I better look at that. Yeah, yeah. It's, worth, it's worth three grand now. All yes. right, uh, Mr. Paul, uh, Burlack, we'll have to uh, let you go there and uh, we'll catch up with you again, mate. No worries at all. Thanks very much for having me on. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas. This is Southern FM. Well, it's time for another ending of the show. We've got to get away very quickly, but before we get away, I'd like to give a shout-out to our good friend Raymond J. Dodkins, who is in unfortunately in hospital, so a shout-out to Raymond. You guys want to give Raymond a shout-out there? Ray, hope you, hope you get better, mate, and... Um, 
Yes, uh, look, I've been talking... thanks talk- for the birds that you Thank donated. Thank you, mate. You donated some ripper birds. Um, look, uh, I've been talking to Ray the last few days, and, yeah, yeah he's in hospital, so, oh, yeah. No mate, hope you have a quick Get out recovery. of hospital, mate. Hope yeah. you have a quick, speedy recovery. What do you get, reckon, Tony? Get well, right? Yeah, get well very Get soon. well, my friend. All right, well, it's goodbye to you, Mr. Tony Barbara. Goodbye, Evan. Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, listeners. And goodbye to everybody around the world. And we'll catch you next week. Yeah, okay. And goodbye, Mr. Angelino. And Mr. Ivan Fonte. Arrivederci. Goodbye. And we'll talk again very soon. All right. Arrivederci. Bye. Ciao. Cheerio. Bye.